Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Skype also. 
This is another day that the Lord has made, and we are truly glad and rejoicing in it. And Before I get started, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll go forward with the rest of the show. Father, we thank you. We realize that if it had not been for you, we would not be able to do any of the things that we've done. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, your compassions that don't fail and are new every morning, your love that is beyond boundaries, your grace that is sufficient. We pray, God, that you will bless this broadcast, the listeners, and all those who will be participating. I just thank you for how you have blessed me to be able to do what I'm doing. Lord, have mercy on those sick and shut in near and far. Bless you, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Listen, I want to say thank you to all of my listeners. Uh, uh, you're helping to make this show a great success. We've been reviewing the ratings. and uh, You know, we started off kind of slow last week, had a lot of technical difficulties, trying to get back on, you know, back in the swing and in the groove of things. But I, I just want to say thank you because we had a lot of people listening to the archive show and to, to the uh, broadcast, and we just want to say thank you. Um, you know, this this is a great out thing that we're trying to do. Uh, we do it not just for ourselves, but we do it because we know that we're being a blessing, and we want you, we want to let you let you know that we appreciate you. I want to let you know that I appreciate you. All those who are supporting, so many listeners. I was surprised when I looked at the ratings and everything. It it really surprised me. <laughs> but thank you. Listen, always. You know, if you miss the show. A live broadcast at the show. Don't don't feel bad. You can always catch the archive show. Uh, there's links on the Facebook page. There's links on the on the website ltneilministries.com or unionbethelonline.org. You can catch the broadcast archives there, or you can go to Block Talk Radio and just look us up, and you'll find it. But we just want to really appreciate, show our appreciation to you. Uh, it's a, it's tough. I, I'm, I'm still learning the ropes, but uh, and I'm listening to others to get the hang of it. But I tell you, I, I'm just glad to be able to do what I do. And I, hey, thank you. Keep listening. Uh, shoot us an email. Shoot us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some show ideas. Give us some guest ideas. If you want to be on, you think you have? Hey, we'd be more than love. We're more than glad and love to have you on the show. So again, just want to thank you. We're going to start this first segment off, of course, as I, I love to do. I, I'm a news junkie, so I love sharing news because some of you may have heard, some of you may not have heard. But we're going to share, start this segment off, as always, with the news. And I want to start off with uh, sharing the news of the passing of fitness legend Jack Lalonde. Uh If you're not aware of Jack Lalonde, Jack Lalonde, um, uh, he's more famous for his juicer. Commercials, infomercials that he did uh, up until uh, up until maybe around 2000 something. He was still doing them at that grade eight, uh, but he passed away uh, over the weekend from pneumonia. He was 96 years young, 96 years young, and this guy was still doing athletic feats and showing off his uh, you know his versatility as far as uh, exercises and fit fitness. Up until he was in his his early nineties, this that was an amazing feat. Some people called him a fitness junkie. Some people call him a fanatic. Uh, but the reality is, this man found what he loved, and he did it with a passion. And the passion carried him into a very very long life. And, uh, for for a great part of almost seventy eighty years, he dedicated his life to making sure that people knew how to be healthy. And that is amazing in and of itself. And we we, we celebrate his life. Uh, and, and Now, most of you, again, are probably more familiar with Jack Lalonde from Juicer. <laughs> I remember watching this Juicer machine uh, infomercial in the 90s when I was a kid. And I just couldn't understand. This old guy was talking about making juice out of everything. The only juice I was familiar with was apple and orange juice, maybe grapefruit juice. <laughs> now, all that other stuff, you know, hey, I, I, I didn't want to deal with it. But, hey, he, he he brought to reality the juicer and how it could be used to make your healthy, you know, healthy body. You know, he would juice stuff like carrots and all, you name it, he'd juice it. And I'm, I'm going to make a confession. I bought one of those juicer machines. I bought it. I could attach to it. And I can also confess that I used it only for a few times before I put it on the shelf with all the other as-seen 
on TV products that you just had to have. You know, I bought them and never bought it to use them again. And I'm kind of wondering if I should get back into to my juicer machine if I can find it. I I, I don't know, but um, he lived to be 96 years old. That's an amazing feat, and it's just the fact that um. Uh, what he did uh, Yeah, I, I was reading some more inf- information about him and, and this is just amazing to me This guy is famous, not just for his use of commercials But you understand This guy uh, was far ahead of his time He was a pioneer in the fitness industry And uh, much of what he uh, he promoted And what he pushed And what he espoused as far as fitness uh, Was taboo in the day For example, you know, lifting weights uh, Certain kind of weights uh, System that he promoted uh, was not advocated to get strength in bodybuilding and all of that thing. And, and um, he promoted bodybuilding for everybody, including women. And, of course, that was taboo because they, the fear was that if women built their body, they would become more masculine and, you know, all of that. But he did it. And, and then I found out that um, he did a thousand push-ups on a television show somewhere in the 50s or 60s. Uh, a thousand something and I'm not going to tell how many I could do But uh, I cannot do a thousand Maybe I could do a thousand over a month <laughs> Oh man He did some other thing He swam across a couple of bays I think it was San Francisco Bay He swam while pulling a boat Something chained to a boat or something like that It's just an amazing thing that he did To prove how physically fit he was And uh, you know Now that this, most of us are on a health rant And uh uh, you know, we're in our dieting season, dieting mode, uh, resolutions, trying to put off the weight or, you know, eat better, yada, yada, yada. I can admit I fell short of mine uh, after about the first week, so God forgive me. But uh, I just want to uh, recognize his life and his legacy and rest him, wish him rest in life um, for an amazing, amazing life for Jack Lalonde, the juicer man. I think the most touching story this week, uh, or rather last week, was uh, the reunion of the young woman with her family, uh, uh, Carlyon White, after 23 years, was reunited with her family last week. And, you know, it made national television, national headlines. Um, They shared a meal and uh, all of these things. And what's amazing to me is she was the one who uh, initiated the investigating. You know, she prepared her pictures to uh, missing babies' photos. You know, she looked and she she did the work. And her alleged abductor turned herself into uh, the news, uh, turned herself into FBI in Bridgeport, Connecticut, yesterday. And, you know, you have to feel sorry for both parties, all parties involved. You have to feel sorry for uh, the whites who, you know, took their baby in 23 years ago, 19 years, 19 days old, took in because she had the flu and she was sick, uh, and they took her into the hospital. They put her in the hospital room, and she's hooked up to an IV, and somebody comes in dressed as a nurse and just walks, you know, takes her off her IV and walks out the hospital with her. When nobody stopped her, she kept going, got on a train, Kept going, raised the baby as her own, and you have to feel you want to feel sorry, and I can only imagine the grief that both you know you know that family felt, the white family felt after, you know thinking that they lost the, the child and never see again. But what was clear is that the mother always had faith, and I, I, you gotta appreciate that. And the daughter found her herself, and you know everything is well. But she, uh, uh, the the alleged doctor um, and Petway claimed that she was struggling. You know, at the time she had so many miscarriages. She wanted to have them. She wanted to be a mother. That's why she did it. And she tried to fake the birth certificate. She tried to fake all these things. And, and her family, her family knew. But you know how we have those secrets in the black family. Those of you who are, you know, African American. You know how we have our secrets. We know something's not right, but we just don't want to ever say anything. I, I wrote about that in my book, and I'm, I might talk about that at a later time, uh, a couple of chapters out of my uh, section out of my book. But uh, it, it's amazing how they always had the feeling that something wasn't right, 
but they never went to the authorities or they never asked her directly, they never confronted. They just let this woman go on with this lie. But thank God the nightmare is over for all of them. And um, you know, one reporter said, uh, one woman, one person close to the abductor, uh, to Ann said that when she gave herself up, it looked like a weight had been lifted off her shoulder, a burden had been removed, like she was tired of running, and you know, and uh, she and she can't get charged in New York because those are uh, that uh, time frame has gone. So over, she can't do it, but she can be arrested on federal kidnapping charges. But keep them in prayer. It's a lot of adjusting. It's a lot of adjusting for them. It's a lot of adjusting for uh, her to to re uh, reacclimate herself to a new family. But you know, it's just the fact that this works. And 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 I'm amazed that you know how much this the internet and the social networking played a role in reconnecting everybody. Even Ann Petway turned her she turned herself in online. She she, she turned herself in on Facebook. So hey. Those of you who may be looking, I know I've reconnected with a lot of people. Some I wanted to, some I didn't want to <laughs> on Facebook. But, hey, it's good for something. And I'm going to end this last segment here with the story of the week. Super Bowl time, baby. Packers and the Steelers on their way to Super Bowl 45. And, uh, you know, I was pulling for my Saints. I was really hoping my Saints would pull it off. But y'all know the story, and I ain't gonna, I'm not even going to – Go back into a depressed mode for that, but <laughs> but um, congratulations to the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on their way to Super Bowl Forty Five. But let me tell you why I really admire this. Uh, I, I really admire Coach Mike uh, Tomlin uh, of the Steelers. I admire him because he's an inspiration to young black men. He's the youngest coach to win the Super Bowl, and he's black. Um, and now, <laughs> now just a you know just two years after Luke winning, they're going back. It's an amazing thing, and, and and I say that because young men like me and others need to discover that we can still make history, and that Black history is not just a thing of yesteryear. It's not just something to be celebrated once a month, uh, but we are still we can still make history a Black thing instead of only one month out of a year. And so, congratulations to uh, Coach Tomlin. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm pulling for the for the Steelers only because they black and go and close enough to the Saints. <laughs> but uh, we'll be watching the game. Of course, everyone will be watching the game. And again, I I just wanted to make that note about Coach Tomlin, how much he's an inspiration to me and to. Uh, other young men like myself. Listen, we're going to take a break, and we're going to begin our segment two, and we're going to be talking about devotion. Um, I think a lot of people uh, think they are devoted, and they really are not devoted at all. Uh, so we want you to come in and join the conversation with us. Give us a call on the line at 917-388-4293. Hit us up in the chat room. We'll be back right after this break.
Welcome back to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Today we are going to be talking about devotion. You need devotion. you got to have devotion. Some of y'all probably wondering, oh, my goodness, look what he played. He played that Earth, Wind, and Fire joint. Well, yeah, I did. I, I played that because uh, that song has some powerful meanings, uh, powerful lyrics to it. And um, uh, just imagine, just listening to it always stirs up within me, uh, you know, a nice little mood, of, a sense of, uh, of realness about not just about God but about the universe and about my, my place in it and uh, my being and what what I've been created to do. And, and you know, I, I was reflecting on Jack LaLonde, and, and as, as I mentioned earlier, uh, once he discovered as a teenager about fitness and uh, something, you know, that, you know, he wasn't, he needed to do to get his body in shape, he, you know, he fell in love with it. Not only did he fall in love with it, but uh, he, he, I mean, that became his passion. That became his driving force for his life, and he lived it until the day he passed away. And I, I, I want to bring that same type of uh, realness and passion and, and zeal and zest and all of those things, whatever other uh, other kind of word you can describe, uh, about devotion to Christian faith. And, and, and I've been teaching this in my church. We've been doing a Bible study series on devotion uh, since the beginning of the year, and uh, I do it on Wednesday and Sunday mornings, and Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings. And, and the reason I'm doing this is because I I think a lot of people believe that they are really devoted to Christ and to God, and but they're more devoted to a practice or an act, and they they have substituted that. Listen, what Paul Paul put it this way: He said uh, the children of Israel, the Israelites had the Jews had a zeal for God, but not after knowledge. Uh, they 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 had a zeal for God, more passionate about the law. Pharisees were more passionate about the law. What they did was they kept the law, and that's all that mattered. You know, they're keeping on the law, and they could walk by those who they considered to be uh, not worthy or not fit or unfit. You know, and we know that as Christians, we're we're called to uh, we're called to be devoted. That that's something we can't get away from. We are we are called to be. Devoted, we uh, we're called to to have we 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 are uh, we're called to have a heavenly to a heavenly calling to something that is beyond us that transcends who we are as human beings, and that's basically what devotion is. I, I have a I have a dictionary definition of devotion. Devotion, as defined, is is defined as uh, committed love. Deep love and commit, commitment to something or someone, dedication, great dedication and loyalty to something or someone, and enthusiasm, strong enthusiasm and admiration for something, for something, or someone. Now this this can take on many forms. Now as believers, we 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 see this in many forms. I'm starting to stumble. <laughs> let me and let me take a sip of water here real quick. Yeah, give me a little guzzle here. I think after last week of having so many trouble, you know, uh, technical difficulties, <laughs> I'm trying to do the show flawless, and you realize you can never do anything flawless. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. But uh, but as Christians, as Christians, we practice devotion. Uh, we practice it in our sacraments. You know, if you're Catholic, you have the seven sacraments of the Catholic Church, Roman Catholic Church. Both, but most Protestants have only two sacraments that we observe, and that is the Lord's Supper and baptism. We 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 practice devotion through observation of those sacraments. Every time we have the Eucharist, every time we have the sacraments of the, oh, the service of Holy Communion with the bread and the wine, we are practicing our devotion. As Paul said, as Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And uh, you know, and Paul wrote again in, in 1 Corinthians 11 with a little bit more detail about why we should be so 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 zealous about practicing this these sacraments uh Cautiously, because it could, you know, could cause our our very life. Could cause us our very life. We we practice that. That's ritualized devotion. That's what we do in the church. Uh, we practice it as uh, as believers. We we practice it. Um, 
we're practicing in worship. Every church has a liturgy. Every church has an order of service, an order of worship. And every morning, every time we come together collectively as a body of believers and we go through the order of worship or the act of worship or the act of singing and praising, praying, uh, reading of scripture, uh, we are practicing devotion, the act of devotion. Paul admonished Timothy in First Timothy 4, in 13, he says, I, I may not be with you, but it, even though I'm not with you, continue to practice. Give yourself to devotion. Give yourself over to the praying, uh, to, to the reading of the scriptures, the preaching and teaching, and do this. And don't neglect the, the gift that was given to you, that was stirred up, you know, was imparted to you by the laying of hands. Uh, do this and watch your life because as you're doing this, you're not only saving yourself, uh, you're not only leading to the victorious life of yourself, but you're leading to the victorious life of others. And as we as we gather collectively in a worship service, we are observing the act of devotion to a God that has been good to us, a God who has done something for us, you know, and 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 as as a result of that, we are extolling Him with our devotion. And um. We should also be practicing devotion in our personal life. Uh, everybody, every believer should have some moment where they just get along with God, read Scripture, turn the television off, turn the radio off, turn off the you know get off the internet, get off Facebook, and just get along with God. And when you're doing that, this is an, again these are acts of devotion. I want to take a quote. Uh, from Charles Finney, the 19th century evangelist, and uh, <laughs> this guy was on fire for the Lord. But uh, listen to what he says about what devotion is and what devotion is not. He says this, Devotion does not consist in reading the Bible, nor in praying, nor in attending meetings. These may be or may not be instances of particular acts of devotion, but are not to be regarded as devotion itself. Secondly, devotion does not consist in closet, public, social consecration of ourselves to God. Again, these are special acts of devotion, pledges of promises on our parts of devotion, rather than constituting devotion itself. And then lastly, he says this, devotion does not consist in individual acts or exercises of any kind. Actual exercises may be devotional acts. In other words, they are acts of devotion. But again, let us remember that no act of the, or exercise constitutes devotion. Then what constitutes convo- devotion? You know, now I grew up in the Baptist church, and in the Baptist church, you know, you always had your devotion. Matter of fact, in any place, in, in most denominations, but most black churches, but particularly in the Baptist church, you know, you had that part of the service that was the devotion. And, and this is how it went. There would be uh, some kind of hymn, and then after the hymn, the deacon would pray, or, or maybe read a scripture, and the deacon would pray. And that was the devotional period. Y'all, you follow me? That was the, that was the devotional period. That was the time that people acknowledged God, and then after that, you had all the other stuff. You had the announcements, then you had the offering and more singing, and then the highlight of the service was the preached word. But uh, uh, so many of us have confused the acts of devotion with devotion itself. Well, preacher, don't you have to have acts of devotion to prove that you are devotion? Yes, of course. Yes, you must have acts of devotion to prove that you are devoted. That is a way of expressing your devotion to God. But that does not mean that you are devoted to God. And, you know, why do I say that? Because y'all know, you know as much as, as well as I know, there are plenty of people who go to church week after week, weekend after weekend, and their lives are nothing reflective. And I, I, I could talk about myself because I've been there. I know what it's like to be a hypocrite in the church. I, I, I really do. I know what it's like to be a sinner in the church, a preacher, a sinning preacher in the church. I, I know what it's like to put on the front that you are holier than thou when you're really just a snake in the grass. And if we were to be honest with ourselves, that's where many of us are. And I'll, I'll tell you what I share. I'll show you with you what I shared with my church yesterday in, my, in the message. I say when I sinned against God, and just last week when I when I sinned against God, um, it grieved me so much. I mean, it grieved me, grieved me, grieved me so much. And, and you know what what I did 
to some people may be considered small, petty, you know, not worthy of even tears, but it's just the fact that I knew that it grieved the Spirit of God. You know, the the the, the reality that the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of me was grieved because I yielded to sin. And that's kind of, that's the kind of devotion I think most people lack uh, because it's easy for us to go to church and we can shout, we can dance, we can do all of these things and and then go back home the same, you know, same struggles, same temptations, same problems. And you don't have to talk like you don't know, but I'm, I'm just telling you from my own experience as a pastor and as a preacher, uh, as, as somebody who has actually done that. And, you know, I can admit it only because I'm free. Listen, I'm, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll, we'll have a little bit more uh, discussion on devotion. Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality play or two just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version, neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow, uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know, I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Yeah, I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh. And uh, 
and you'll, I'm telling you, you'll be a blessing. You'll be blessed by it. Now let's get back into our discussion on devotion. Uh, as I was talking earlier before the break, I'm saying that so many of us, we're kind of we're we're really hypocrites when it comes to not just our Christian life, but when it comes to devotion. Now I know just about everybody. If you got some kind of electronic device or be on a social network of any kind, you probably get some kind of inspirational message. You know, you probably uh, I love I love uh, right now. I'm doing a Bible study series. Uh, my, in my personal devotion time, and um, it's called the Breath of God, and uh, you know I read the scriptures that it, it has, and I meditate on, it and I put a couple of notes down, and sometimes I share it with Twitter and Facebook. But um, you know, I have a lot of friends that's always sending me so much stuff. You know, <laughs> you get the email forwards, you get the the text forwards, and all this stuff. And, I, I don't don't act like you don't get it because I know you do, and everybody gets it. And it, it gets annoying for some of them. Some of them are very powerful, and some of them are just plain old ridiculous. But uh, <clears throat> you know, so many so many people use that as their form of devotion. You know, their act of devotion. That's that's basically it. You know, they may they may review the scripture from the Sunday school lesson, or they may. Uh, Replay a CD of a service or a sermon, or you know, a conference they attended, or things of that nature. But they still don't get devotion. They're still not devoted to God. Let me let me tell you about devotion. Okay, this is devotion. This is real devotion to God. Real devotion to God is when you are really, willing, willing, really willing. I cannot talk. You are really willing to die, literally, to leave to lose your life for the sake of Christ. That is devotion. When you're really willing to lose your identity <coughs> because you want to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about going crazy and joining some cult or anything like that. No, that's ridiculous. That's foolish. And there are a lot of people who are in cults, and they don't even realize it. They're more devoted to the leader of their church. They're more devoted to the church itself, the denomination. And believe me, I know. <laughs> They're more devoted to the thing, to the person, than to the Creator. And 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 there's several scriptures that talk about that. You know, not just in re- reference to idols, but in reference to the Creator of the idols, the ones who created the idols. They are the ones who think the idols were the ones who saved them. And you know, and you know, they put they spent so much time and created this beautiful thing that they are going to worship, but when it comes down to it, that thing has no life, that thing has no saving power, that thing in and of itself does nothing for them other than be dumb and mute and silly looking. But so many people have done that with the church. The church has become their God, the uh the act of worship. Because so many people are so many people, they, they feel they're saved by how they worship. You know, they're, they're, they're okay, I got my shout on today. Uh, oh, the spirit was high in the church today. And that is worship and devotion to them. But when it comes to committing themselves fully, wholly to, to the cause of Christ, they, they're afraid. Uh, you know, there's so many people said that uh, there's, this, there's this old story. <coughs> Excuse me. There's this old story that... Uh, a gunman walks into the church, and he walks into this church, and he says, "All right, uh, I'm going to start killing everybody in here if they don't renounce Jesus Christ. And if you renounce Jesus Christ, I'm going to spare your life. But if you don't, I'm going to kill you." And the story goes, and I may be may not be telling telling it good, but, but you may be familiar with it. But the story goes that. All of a sudden, all of those people who were at church shouting and tongue talking and whatever else they may have been doing, uh, they acted like they didn't know who Christ was because they didn't want to die. And that's how many so many people are in the church. So many people in the church are really afraid to die, and they don't fully commit themselves to Christ. And it's a very dangerous thing when you when you look at it that way. If you can't commit to Christ. Then what are you trying? I mean, what's the purpose of your existence? 
The Bible says in Acts that in you, in God, you live, you move, and you have your being. Now, if God is so devoted to you to continue to allow you to live, to continue to allow you to have a reasonable portion of health and strength every single day of your life, and to continue to allow you to have a sound mind, but but you're too too you, you don't want to commit to Him. And trust me, I know what it's talking about. Uh, Give me a bit of my personal life. You know, I'm, I'm single man. And it was hard to commit to a relationship because I felt like I would be losing or missing out on something else if I if I committed to a relationship. And you, you can imagine how many people are probably upset in that in that process. But the lesson learned is that that I learned and I am learning is that is the the best thing to do is to prove that you can commit because in proving that you can commit is proving that you are selfless and not selfish. If you're selfish, <laughs> excuse me. If you're selfish, you would do less to please God and more to please yourself. If you're selfless, you would do less to please yourself and more to please God. And and, and Paul puts this more poignantly in, in Philippians. In Philippians, he said, "Christ thought it not robbery to be equal with God, yet." He made himself of no reputation and became just like us, and he died. He took on the iniquity of the cross, the shame of the cross, uh, so that he could identify with the very thing that he was supposed to be alienated from or who was alienated from him. Mankind was alienated from God, and God became flesh, took on us. He who knew no sin became sin, and he who had, had, had lost Lost uh, what we consider well, we you know we were lost in sin, we were dead in trespasses and sin. He gave him like his life for us, so that we could be free and have life everlasting. And, and that's the kind of devotion that God had. God did sacrifice Himself for us. He really did. And and well, you know we should be willing to do the same thing. That that is what true devotion is. Now the act of devotion simply is saying that this is my commitment to the God that I serve, the God my creator, the God that I am willing. Uh, and you gotta understand, uh, it's not it's not supposed to be really a, a fun thing to be a Christian. Christianity is supposed to be not just one of of, of happiness and joy and peace and righteousness and all of those things. Those that that's awesome. Those are fruits of the spirit. That's what's supposed to be displayed. But it's, it, you know. Real Christians are persecuted when they really love Christ, and I'm not talking about crazy people, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about you know little little stuff, but you know those those of us who are sold out to Christ should understand what it's like to be persecuted because of the faith, because of the fact that we are fully committed to the risen Savior, and and that should be the goal of every believer. The goal of every believer believer should be one of Living to die, uh, and dying to live. Uh, Paul writes. I use. I'm quoting Paul quite a bit because you know, Paul is a major proponent of this. Is uh, speaking of Paul. Let, let me throw this in here. Paul Tillich, uh, 20th century theologian, one of my favorite theologians, existential philosopher and thinker. In his book, uh, the dynamics of faith, he writes about this. He said. Faith being that upon uh, which one is ultimately concerned, that of ultimate concern. The thing that ultimately concerns a person is is what that person has faith in or what uh, consists of a person's faith. And and he puts this in in ideologically, uh, the, the idea of nationalism, a fierce nationalism. When you think about the Jewish people, they had a fierce sense of nationalism, and that nationalism was centered around and centered in their God, the Lord. Uh, the Lord our God is one God. You know, the Lord our God, Jehovah, He is God. There is none above Him. There is none like Him. All the other gods of the earth are idols. The Lord is a jealous God, and so on and so on. Their whole national identity was found in. Uh, the identity of God, and surrounded by that, and that was that's how they that's how they uh, came to know themselves and to try to experience themselves, and and so on and so on. Uh, and 
and and and and today devotion takes a similar form. Uh, Our ultimate concern takes a similar form, takes a similar shape. Uh, You know, there are diehard nationalists here in the in in the states, and and, you know, some of them may call them uh, some some are called extremists, right wing conservatives. Uh, I, I I I don't know why, you know. But there are some crazy nuts out there on both sides, left and right, um, and they are seriously devoted. For example, uh, yesterday was the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, and for those of us who uh, advocate life, pro-life, and uh, we advocate those who, you know, we we advocate that all life is precious. You know, there were there were a lot of them marching the streets. There were a lot of them. Um, Doing some crazy things, and I'm thankful to God that nobody was going into an abortion clinic shooting anybody. You know, because that was going on for a while, a long time. You know, they were not just shooting doc; they were killing the doctors, they were bombing the the offices, and all kinds of crazy stuff because they were passionately devoted to this cause. And and uh, you know, that has a place; it has its place. And, and really, let me tell you. I was watching the game both yesterday uh, with the Packers and the Packers and the Bears and with the Steelers and the Jets. And I'm telling you, you're talking about devotion. devotion. Fans were outside in the freezing cold watching a football game. I can't fathom that because, you know, I'm from the south. (laughs) It's warm. It's raining now, but it's still warm. You know, we could wear it. Some people were wearing T-shirts today down here, and I think they were crazy. But, you know, But that's kind of devotion to that game, not only to the game, but to the team, for folks to go out in that kind of weather, cold. You know, I think some reports said the, the wind chill was as low as five degrees in, in Chicago, in, in Pittsburgh. It was probably low as that, lower, uh, low as that. But and people were so bundled out because they wanted to make this game. That's kind of devotion. That's kind of passion. But those same people don't have that same kind of passion and devotion for for Christ and for God. And the reason they don't is because uh, there's no they can't place a value on that. Uh, uh, a momentary value is what drives a lot of people. You know, uh, a lot of us commit. You know, we we get involved in sexual relationships because of that momentary value. You know, the momentary bliss, things of that nature. Uh, with addictions, with drug addictions, or food addictions, or sexual addictions, or pornography, uh, all kinds of addictions, <clears throat> whatever. If you've been watching the TV show, uh, I think it's the Learning Channel has this this television show, My Strange Addiction, and they sh- they show these people who have very very uh, uh, exogenous, you know, they they crazy, not crazy. <laughs> God forgive me, but they have. The eccentric acts that they do, you know, from eating toilet paper, so all kinds of excessive things. What we may consider as excess, but in 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 that sense, you know, a lot of us don't have that kind of devotion. We don't we don't we don't we don't do a lot of the things that would be required for uh, for us to really be seamless. Uh take a quick break, and when I come back, we'll wrap up this discussion again. Feel free to call us, and even listen, folks. Even if you, um, even if you you don't catch us on the show live, it is broadcast. Uh, it is archived, and you know you can still stay in on the chat room. Uh, leave your comments there. Uh, just let us know what's going on. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll finish our discussion on devotion. Be back right after this.
Hi. I'm looking to save an insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flibbity-flab or mumbo-jumbo. Sounds like you need to name your price. No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the dag-nubbit coverage I need? Sure. We give you a quote, and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you. This thing is okey mcsmoky skittle doo Great! I think... Diggity. Oh! Still not sure. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today. All right, welcome back. We appreciate you joining in on our conversation as we're talking about devotion. This is Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and you are on uh, Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. We're live on Blog Talk Radio. Again, join in the conversation. You can call in 917-388-4293. Hit us up, Neal at gmail.com. That's the email address. Um, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, we, you can call in on Skype if you like. <laughs> Excuse me. But however you do, we want you to join the conversation. Again, as I said before, I really do appreciate the listeners. You guys have, are helping this show to grow, and I, I just want to express my gratitude to you. Uh, and if you missed the live broadcast, you can always catch it archived, download it, and listen to it, share with friends, uh, and let us know how we're being a blessing to you. Okay? We appreciate it so much. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about uh, devotion. This is going to be our last few moments in this broadcast. And, and you know, I, I just I just want to take this time uh, take this time to let people know that there's nothing wrong with having a passion about things, you know. I'm in a fraternity, and I have a passion about my fraternity. Uh, I'm a music, I'm a band director, I have a passion for that. <coughs> Excuse me. As an educator, I'm a, I have a passion for students and all of those things. And, and most of all, as a pastor, I really have a passion for the church. Matter of fact, the church takes up so much of my time <laughs> that, you know, you would think that, that I, I, well, yeah, that, that is my life. It is my life. I'm not going to argue that at all. But uh, when we're talking about devotion, we have to have something more than just what we do. The acts of devotion that we do are fine, but they're not the end. They're not the end all. They're not the end all, be all, and things. Uh, the acts of devotion that we do, you know, when we're going to church, that's wonderful. When we're praying at home and reading the Bible at home, that's, those are great. When we're fellowshipping with one another, you know, however it may be, that's awesome. But the real devotion that every believer needs to have is one that is selfless. By selfless, I mean not focused on what God has done for me, uh, but what have I done for God. And and really, you can't do anything but God for God other than give yourself to him. You may try to think that what you're doing is you know, is sufficient. But when you when it all boils down to it, even me as a pastor and as a preacher, not everything that I do is sufficient to prove that I'm the uh the show and express my devotion to God, uh, my devotion to Christ. You know, there are those who are able to be celibate, uh not just priests, uh <laughs> but thank God I don't think he's called me to that, but uh for those who practice that that's that that's a form of devotion. And there are those who go away to monasteries and there are those who are monasteries that, you know, have taken vows of poverty, taken vows of uh, of silence, taken other kinds of vows, um, you know, of uh, those, those vows to express their devotion. That Those things are wonderful and those things are good. But ultimately, ultimately, the selfless act is are you willing to really give your life for Christ? Are you really willing to give up everything and all? And, and, and I, I close on this. The story of the rich young ruler in Scripture, the rich young ruler here, he's an admirer of Christ. He's seen Christ's ministry. He's followed. He's heard of the stories. He's heard teaching. He's seen the miracles. And he finally gets the opportunity to come in contact with Christ. He finally gets the opportunity to meet Christ. And he's so excited about meeting him. And he says to Christ, I want to follow you. I want to be just like a part. all these other people are following you. I see the disciples. You sent out 12 and then you sent out 70. And I see how all these guys are really benefiting from your ministry. And I want to be a part of that. And he says, Sam, okay, cool. No problem. If you want to do this, this is what you need to do. Sell everything that you have. Give the way to the poor, then come follow me. And the scripture goes, the story goes, is that he couldn't do it. 
Matter of fact, it says that says that he walked away so disappointed because he was very wealthy and he wasn't willing to part with what he had. And then a little further down, the disciples are looking at Jesus and said, you know, poor rich people, you know, they're not going to make it. And he says, and the disciples looked at him and said, well, who can be saved? He says, it's easy for a, a cow to go through the eye of a needle, a camel to go through the eye of the needle, than for a rich person to be saved. And they, again, they're like, well, who can be saved? He said, don't, it's not impossible with God, but this is what you have to do. You must be willing to give everything up. And Peter says, well, we, we left everything. We left our families. We left our lives. We left our livelihoods to follow you. And Jesus said, the person who leaves everything, Family, life, work, job To follow me will not be disappointed They will get it all back They will actually gain more And, and I think we, we, we fail to realize That giving up things It's costly But it's worth it It's worthy It's costly but it's worthy And and I'm I'm trying to live a life of delayed gradu- uh, gratification I, I know that there's some things that are just worth waiting for. Some things that are worth wait, worth putting off. It, it, it is hard. Believe me, it's hard. But when you do, you find out that you are, you find out that what you give up is much better than what you can imagine. And and that this is the kind of devotion I think we all should have. We should have the kind of devotion where our lives are being watched by ourselves, and we see. Well, listen, this is not all for today. I do appreciate you for joining the show. Feel free to uh, catch the archive show. And send us an email at and let us know how it is. We bless God for the opportunity. We bless God for you. Have a wonderful day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.